0: Well, son, what I I mean is this. For most people, what you've done would be perfectly all right. But you're not most people. You're my son. And my son can do better than this.
1: Welcome to the Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host Kevin Miller. Today, we listen to a two-minute clip from the man Zig Ziglar on the motivation to do a better job than average. He tells a very personal story from his youth that helped chart his course to success. From the message I asked on my Agent K Miller Facebook page, what has inspired you now and/or in the past? to do a better than average job. As always, incredible responses that you will resonate with and be inspired by, and a really eye-opening conversation with my co-host, Michelle Prince, as we talk through the comments. I, again, compiled them into categories, seven actually this time, and we walk through to the most popular answer. Hey, a quick thanks to a sponsor of today's show before we listen to Zig. Okay, folks, well, to get us started off in this conversation with a bang, here is an incredible message from Zig Ziglar.
0: My dad died when I was five years old. There were six of us too young to work. We survived because we had a wonderfully wise, hardworking, loving mother with great faith. All of us started helping around the house very early in our careers, in our childhood I remember my first solo assignment in the garden. I had to two rows of beams, and the rows were three and a half miles long. <laughs> Would you believe three? But when you're eight years old, they look like they were three and a half miles long. My mother showed me what she wanted me to do and how she wanted me to do it. And then she said, son, now, when you finish, call me, and I'll come look it over. Well, I finally got through, and I said, "Mama, I'm through. Well, my mother was a little bitty lady, She always wore a cloth sun over her head to protect her face from that hot Mississippi sun. When she was not happy with what we had done, you could always tell. She would always fold her hands behind her back. She would always duck her head. She'd always cock its light to the right, and she'd give her that little left-to-right motion, you know. Well, when she started that, I said, what's the matter, Mama? And my Mama said, son, it looks like you're going to have to lick this calf over now is there anybody here so underprivileged that you do not clearly understand that perfectly plain old Mississippi colloquialism, lick that calf over. Anybody doesn't understand that? Well don't be embarrassed about being ignorant. There's just a lot of folks, a lot of folks hadn't had the same benefits in life I have. Well, let me tell you, I knew exactly what it meant. What it meant was, son, you got to do this job. Over. But I was trying to buy time. So I said, Mama, hadn't been messing with that calf. I've been hoeing these beans. <laughs> so he kind of laughed and said, well, son, what I, what I mean is this. For most people, what you've done would be perfectly all right. But you're not most people. You're my son. And my son can do better than this. Nobody says it like Zig
1: says it. Again, from this message, I asked on my Facebook page at Agent K Miller, what has inspired you now and or in the past to do a better than average job? Well, here now I bring you this, again, great discussion that Michelle Prince and I had as we talked through the incredible comments that came in. All right, Michelle. Well, the big question, what has inspired you now and or in the past to do a Better than average job, and just like the last Q and A show we did last week, uh, we got so many responses, and I compiled them again into. Uh, I, I hate to say least because none of them are least; they all got lots of responses. But you know, ultimately, go into the one we got the most of, and uh, you know what? I'm not going to ask you for yours. I'm gonna I, you you are going to chime in spontaneously okay. when we hit the one that it kind of aligns with you because I had to think about this. What is really, what inspires me now? And I took it to now what inspires me now to do a better job. And it was interesting to think about. It. I think I wrote it and put it out there as a good question before I actually thought about it myself. So I'll add mine in there too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so the the first one, and again, I gave them these labels according to what resonated with me as far as what kind of a label would this fit under, but maybe there's a better one, but the first one really to me sounded like purpose. So Andy says, uh, he says, what, for one reason, I've got to break off the historical setbacks in my family lineage. Uh, mm. I must leave an inheritance for my kids. And uh, and then he he actually lists something that he's working on right now. I must build wells for clean drinking water in third world countries. That's my insp- inspiration. And as I thought about that, I like that. I mean, to to some degree... I would think that to do a better than average job for all of us, having a purpose, having a higher calling, even a bigger picture than just that type of thing has got to be, even though it wasn't one of the most, uh, responded to under, again, this label that I gave it to, but it's got to be a primary ingredient is again, purpose.
2: I think so. I mean, or at least the things that matter are the things that are tied to our purpose. Now, a lot of us, We, we do, we have jobs to do that may not be tied to our purpose, but we still perform at a, at a better than average level. So that's probably where some of these other ones come in, but you and I, with what we do, we, we love what we do and and we are driven by our purpose probably more, more than anything. So I can see that as I'm thinking of all these examples of things that I've done where I've pushed myself harder and farther, a lot of them do go back to my purpose or what I believe is my purpose.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. I love seeing that inspiration and it was, you know, part of that too, just somebody he was serving, which we'll come out, we'll come into. Well, Hey, the next one is, uh, I called it accountability. Uh, so Kevin writes, knowing that as a real estate agent, that when I do my job right at the end of the sale, the clients will be delighted and excited at the new chapter of their lives that I have helped them either open as a buyer or move on to as a seller. Well, and again, that almost goes to to the purpose piece of it too, that there's somebody who is that end recipient who he is trying to, uh, serve, but I do love, well, and, and this could almost have been under the purpose too. I love the purpose that he sees and being a real estate agent. How beautiful mm-hmm. is that? Because I know there's plenty of other real estate agents. that are in there to sell a house or, or buy a house and make a profit and no way are they going to do a good, as good a job as somebody like this, who we've all probably experience this with real estate agents, some of them who they feel like they're there to serve a big calling and some who are just there to do the job. So yeah, again, when you're accountable, well, my gosh, you just, again, you just got done with your, uh, retreat uh, on, on a uh, book bound by the sea down in Captiva Island. Mm-hmm. And they, which I'm really eager to tell people when the next one is. So there's your, I know you're, you're, you're looking at that <laughs> now, uh, but, uh, but you just did that. So you got these people in front of you, obviously they paid you, you have accountability, but they're going to go on and tell the story to others. I mean, your motivation to do a better than average job is pretty dramatically high.
2: Oh my God. Uh, well, and it's tied to so many different things. Of course, the accountability, because it, and it's not even the financial. I just if anybody gives trusts me with their time and with their, their story, th- there's so much accountability there that I want to give them more than, than they, than they paid to get, of course. Yeah. But for me, it does go back to the purpose because I, I am so led by helping people to find their purpose, share their story so that they can make a difference in the world. And, and so whenever, those, like book bound or anything that I do related to that, it's it's a combination of so many things, but it ultimately, for me, goes back to purpose. It's such a mm-hmm. huge part of, of what I feel led to do. Um, but the accountability part, you know, is definitely in there, too. You know, when you said accountability, the first thing that came through my mind was uh, <laughs> the gym. You know, when you... Yeah. I, don't know, I was thinking about all the times that if I if I was really successful in either weight loss or staying fit and all that, it's usually when I have somebody else who's relying on me to show up,
0: whether it oh, be a, yeah.
2: a friend who's going to meet me there or a trainer. So that accountability factor is super, super important in so many different things, um, whether you have purpose related to it or not.
1: <laughs> well, that's interesting you say that because this is... Uh, the business that I'm, I'm currently in my, my primary gig, I'll say I have a partner. I've never had an equal partner in something. And it's just a, 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 divine thing that it's a, a best friend. And, yeah. and, uh, we talk about, it's a marriage in so many ways, uh, that, uh, in the accountability. Yeah. From, from my past on being a solopreneur primarily is significant. So I hadn't even thought about that in regard to that, um, Uh, But, you know, something you did say, though, about your experience with writing a book. I mean, how often do we see that? And this is a, a real quick side tangent, but for everybody who's out there. You know, when somebody loses weight or they write, they, they write a book or they overcome something, they're so motivated to get out there and share it with others. That's what I see with you mm-hmm. and, and helping people get that message out because you were able to do that and experience a fruition. And you so want to help that. I mean, those are the best providers that we see. I mean, that, that's why we're here. This was Zig Ziglar. He yes. experienced this and he devoted his life to giving that to other people. Mm-hmm. That's significant.
2: It is. I love that.
1: Well, next one is, and I, I struggled with this, but I called it competition and performance again mm-hmm. for motivating you. So Jennifer says being a commissioned only salesperson, it's important for me to surround myself with the superstar performers and not mix in with the negative people. Uh, and then Doug says, uh, Douglas says learning the difference between a true performer and an average performer from the ZLC course. Uh, so folks, if you haven't heard our Promotions on that. That's the Ziegler Legacy Certification Course. course. And he actually thanked Tom Ziegler uh, for his participation in that. And then Steve says that knowing that there are at least 10 other people standing in line to replace me at Mm. any given time. Uh, So those are the things that that really motivate them to do an above average job. I thought those were all, I mean, I resonated with those. I got to admit, I like Steve's, that we're all... We want to think that we're, gosh, of course we're all unique, but in any given role, can we really not be replaced? I like the idea of it anyways.
2: Mm -hmm. I love this. You know, most of my career I've been in sales and when I was, I remember being in sales and I did not have a lot of passion and purpose tied to some of my sales jobs, but I was competitive and I always wanted to be one of the, if not the top salesperson, I wanted to be in the top 10. So, you know, as you asked this question, one of the first things that did come to mind, though, what's inspired you to do better than an average job, it's, it is a little bit of that competition and wanting to stand out above everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I love what Jennifer said and and some of these others, because if that's what motivates you to do a good job and and really excel in what you're doing, then, then great. Know that about yourself and, and. Um, one more thing Jennifer said that I really appreciated was surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm -hmm. If you want to be top in sales, let's say, then find the other top salespeople in your organization and find out what they're doing. Get to know them. Don't hang around the people that are, you know, barely getting by.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. You know, it made me think too, as you talked about being competitive yourself, (laughs) I I think, you know, as well, my gosh, here on the show and we're interviewing uh, such amazing people and taking, responses from folks here on, on, off of Facebook who are doing great things. And I think most of them, the vast majority, the reason they're here or or they wouldn't be here is they do have a desire to serve, to be altruistic. But I'll tell you the bookshelf that I have over here of all the people that we've interviewed, I, I view them all as pretty competitive. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that we first think about that in regards to, you know, competitive against a, a, a similar person or a similar offering, But my gosh, here in the personal development and self-improvement arena, I think a lot of times we're looking at competing against entertainment Mm. or against uh, apathy or Mm -hmm. uh, just the laziness or, you know, busyness that day. We, we, We talk about that a lot now and even giving up the good for the great. That's a competition that we all have to play well or our great messages or great offerings or great serving is going to not serve anybody. They won't digest it.
2: Oh, wow, what a great way to look at it! I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're so right. I mean, at the end of the day, that competition is not so much about the other people it's that internal drive you know some of us are just wired that way to to reach higher, go farther, and that's what personal development and professional development encourage us to do to just keep yeah. going and keep going farther and keep reaching and keep you know don't ever give up um, yeah. super important
1: yeah yeah I, absolutely it's interesting to, to to get that out of it. Well, the next one I have is. I labeled it example, and I guess to be true, it'd be somewhat being an example to others. So Abby mm. says, uh, aside from being a Christian and fighting the fight, my eight and six year old daughters are learning from me, work ethic, morals, and helping people. They are super motivators. Uh, then Patrick follows up says, the fact that I am a father and need to model for my sons what it means to be a man. And then Beth says, in the past, I was inspired. Uh, I was I was inspired by firstborn perfectionism syndrome aka pride and fear of looking like a fool, Uh, pride and personal competitiveness, sometimes uh, just flat-out pride. I'm working hard on changing those things. Now I am mostly motivated by rightly representing the Lord and being a good role model for my daughters. Uh, So that example, obviously, you know, we're both parents and... Yeah, that's got to be, I I, I don't know if I would have thought of that other than getting the responses here, but that's absolutely, this motivated me. Matter of fact, I just had uh, uh, lunch with my partner and we both have kids and we talked about that. And I thought, gosh, am I being, you know, am I being a good example uh, to my kids of that? And of course, I think I am in some areas and some probably not.
2: Well, and I I can't think of one parent on the planet that doesn't have that question. (laughs) You know, they don't ask that question. I mean, I think we're all doing the best we can. Mm -hmm. And, and some days we do better than others. But I, I I agree with that. There are certain things that I do now as an adult that maybe I wasn't as, as diligent about when I was a teenager or in my twenties before kids that I do think about it. And this is a maybe a bad example is just going to show people who, you know, I'm I'm just human too. I mean, there are Sundays that sometimes, you know, we're tired and we want to sleep in and going to church is just not necessarily, um, you know, we think we could watch it on TV or something, but there is the back of my head that says, no, if you're going to be the example, you have to show your kids what to do. And we're not perfect at it, but but that's what goes through my mind.
1: Okay. Well, the next one is I titled inspired or convicted. And it really came from people citing quotes, something that really resonated with them. I could maybe even call it an anchor, Uh, but here's the examples. Jeff says, uh, he says, this one, of course, do more than you are being paid to do, and you'll eventually be paid more for what you do, Zig Ziglar. Uh, That's that's obviously a convicting one and just a truthful one. Karen cites Colossians 3.23 out of the Bible that says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not as unto man. Uh, Jonathan mm. says, the the drive to add value, do everything as unto Christ. And then uh, Scott cites Tom, Tom Ziegler's quote, the fastest way to success is to replace a bad habit with a good habit. I, I got to say, Karen, the, the one in Colossians and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not as unto man. Well, you know, it actually brings up, maybe you'll remember the quote. Cause I, it was almost like Michelangelo uh, or somebody who talked about, if you're going to be a street sweeper, do it as unto God, be the best in the, you know, that you can be, uh, it was something to that effect, bad paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but that is, I mean, that's a, that's a great thing to just have as your personal mantra and, uh, an inspiration to do better than an average job.
2: One of my friends, Kanya, said this one time, and it really, really resonated with me. She said, you know, you bloom where you're planted, that sometimes you're in situations or jobs or... or you know, times in your life when it's not the ideal and maybe you don't feel very inspired or you don't feel like you, you should, you know, reach higher, go farther type of thing. But just to remember just the, the bloom where you're planted, you were put there for a reason. And and to me, I think that's what fits that ins- inspiration conviction yeah. part of this is it's true. And if, if it's those little things that just make you readjust your, your uh, thought process, or there's another quote I love, mm-hmm. stop focusing on how stressed you are and remember how blessed you are. And it's mm-hmm. those little things like when I when I fill my mind or see quotes like that or, or surround myself with people who say things like that, it does inspire me to do better. You know? And it's not the competition yeah. thing and it's not the passion thing. It's just that inspiration of like, you know what, you're right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and yeah, and a call out to what Jeff cited, Zig's quote of do more than you're being paid to do and you'll eventually be paid more for what you do. I got to give a call out to somebody we've interviewed on the show, Seth Godin. I mean, that's what he talked about. That was the primary focus of his book, Lynchpin, and that has been one that I've brought up specifically with my kids as they go into, mm-hmm. you know, college and workforce and those types of things to be make yourself indispensable and how easy it is to separate themselves from the other you know, kid who who may be working wherever they're working and is just doing what they think they're paid to do and not anything more. Um,
2: and yes. I was just going to add to that point and and to always do that because you will stand out, especially in a job if you're doing more. But but come from the place to of serving. You know, not necessarily just doing that for your own personal benefit, but when you really go into something serving. How can I help you? How can I make this company better? How can I make, you know, what, what can I contribute? It it changes the atmosphere too. And then people do recognize you more and they do want to work with you more because they see you have a servant heart versus just a manipulative trying to get a head heart.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's, uh, again, it's all a big deal. And, and all these folks, as we do this, they, they overlap to some degree. I mean, I did categorize them out someplace, but, These are, there's a lot of overlap here and we really, we actually only have two more to go. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. This one is personal fulfillment. Uh, And I'll start off at the top here. Dan says, just the idea of settling for average is pretty revolting. Doing anything with excellence is its own reward. Great line there. And then uh, David says, I don't like regret. Um, and again, I titled this personal fulfillment cause these felt like, ah, these are things that I'm doing just, just as you said, uh, in the last one, Michelle, these are things that I'm doing for myself or my own integrity. Even mm-hmm. uh, Kimberly says, it's not about the job. It's about the experience or the excellence I expect for myself. And then I always think God would want me to be excellent. Uh, Ashley says being challenged when the bar is set slightly out of my reach, it motivates me to give my all.
0: Mm -hmm. Ryan says,
1: making an impact, doing something I love. And then I ended this segment with this one from uh, Kingsley. He says, it was my mom's death. After a successful career as a school teacher, she shared a well-kept secret that she wanted to be a nurse, but never pursued that as a career. I don't want my dream to die in me or in anyone that I have a chance to influence. The graveyard doesn't need to be made. Listen to this. The graveyard doesn't need to be made any richer than it already is with the dreams of the many who have gone on before. I'm a graveyard robber. I want people to join me and become one as well.
2: Wow. Yeah. That was really powerful.
1: This is not a competition, but Kingsley wins.
2: I I think (laughs) have to agree on that. Wow. That really I, I, makes you think graveyard robber. I love that.
1: Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. Oh, that's it. I mean, I'm inspired. I feel like the, the hallelujah chorus mm-hmm. just came on and there's a video or something there. That's, that's significant.
2: That is significant. You know, the, the whole personal fulfillment thing I, 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 with all of these, I'm trying to think of my own examples. And mm-hmm. you know, when I set out to write my book back in the day, I really did not intend to I had no other forethought other than just writing a book. So I didn't know it would create a business and doing all the things I get to do now. But for me, when I wrote that book, and I remember opening the box for the first time and holding it in my hand, and I just started to cry because Mm. it was the fulfillment of a personal goal that I just felt like I needed to write a book for myself, not for anyone else. And so I think that This being, you know, second to the top is, is huge because if you, if you're not sure you can accomplish something and then you do it, it's like, wow, you know, it's it's more inspiration than anything. Or even I'll add one more thing to that or with other people don't think you can do it and then you do. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I do want to say something on, on your first part there on doing something that you're not sure that you can do. We're seeing more, I'm seeing more and more. Uh, feedback I would say from uh, this, people like our, our, folks that we interview here who have achieved incredible things. So many of them are kind of getting past the, or, or not giving credibility to the no fear type thing mm-hmm. and more and more saying, no, I had fear, uh, but I did it anyways. And I relate to that because the idea that I'm supposed to only go forward after I've overcome X, Y, Z challenge. And I think, man, there's so many things where I may have learned how to manage them or I just jumped anyways, but I I haven't overcome it. That mm-hmm. still exists there. Thank goodness for the ability of that people have to do it anyways. And I love hearing that from these high profile people because it makes it feasible.
2: Right. And it's really, um, it boils down, it's just faith. It's, it's doing something. Yeah. Like you said, feel the fear, do it anyway. Um, a term I used to always say, especially when I was just starting my business was, you know, jump and just hope your wings grow on the way down, <laughs> you know, yes. it's, but until you jump, yes. you won't know. And yeah. it's, it's that balance.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, so here is uh, the the one that we got the most feedback to, and I'm going to read a handful of them here. Nate says, if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing right from his dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, and and I titled this one, someone encouraged them. Someone encouraged them. Uh, Edward says my grandfather, he was a farmer who worked 12 to 16 hours a day to feed his family and was a pillar of his community. Anytime I feel tired or stressed from my job, sitting in front of a computer, clicking the keys indoors with air conditioning. I just remember my grandfather. Uh, I was a kid when he died, but I remember him saying once, Ed, there's no problem too big that can't be solved by getting up early and working hard all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Dan says, it's how our father raised us. And ultimately, it is my reputation in the marketplace. Um, Jeff said, it's a legacy from my father and his father. If you're going to do something, do it right. How many of us, uh, if we're lucky, heard that from our folks? <laughs> Libby says, she was raised in a high wor- raised with a high work ethic and the need to not disappoint. Uh, Christopher says, my grandfather, Jack, telling me in his Scottish, Scottish accent, that I was the bestest boy in the world in a very, very real way. I've tried to live my life to be the man he said I was. Yeah. Uh, And then Laura says, I've been inspired by watching my parents, grandparents and church leaders work hard and selflessly. Uh, So that, someone encouraged them, which obviously, well, actually, and I wanted to speak to it, Michelle, because as we're listening to this today, either that did or did not happen. Now, obviously if that happened and we can relate back to that, I I did, I spent the lunch again, talking about this topic with my partner and I can relate back to my own parents saying, Hey, if you're going to do a job, do it right. And they would have me redo a job. And I did a lot of work as a kid. I did not appreciate it then. (laughs) I didn't like it there. I did it to, you know, obey or not get a consequence. Uh, But, but it, it, so I didn't become the kid who was, who was committed to excellence. I don't think, but later in life it planted seeds and it stuck. And now I'm saying those to my kids, trying to do it better if possible, but we can all, you know, so I think for one on this, we can, we all have the chance to encourage others and to realize how big of a deal this is for our kids. If it's done well. Um, but, um, well, I don't know. You speak to speak to whatever you want to, Michelle, but I did want to say, and I don't have anything, I, I didn't have anything prepared for this. You know, what if you realize I did not get that? Mm-hmm. I did not get that, that Pat that's gone. I did. I had an upbringing. I did not get that. I may have been discouraged and we hear a lot of, uh, comments on that. So now we have to, we can't go back and relive the past. Uh, and it's, I, I, I just don't want people to be discouraged if they hear this and go, gosh, that's the number one thing people cite for being excellent pursuing excellence is that encouragement from, and from these folks, from their upbringing. I didn't get that. Uh, there's, there's some work to do to address that. Cause I would say that's a void.
2: Well, and it could be too, that maybe those that didn't get it, maybe they're motivated because they didn't meaning like mm-hmm. they never had mm-hmm. someone say, you can do this. You can go to college. So it's almost like they want to prove somebody wrong, mm-hmm because they didn't hear it. I mean, I I was very very blessed with amazing or I have amazing parents who still encourage me and still, you know, expect me to be at my best. And and I I do know one thing. Kids will fulfill whatever expectations they have of them of, uh, mm-hmm. that people have of them. So, if you have parents that have set the high bar, you're you're going to you're going to try to make them happy. If they've set the low bar, you'll make them happy. You know, you, typically they'll respond in the the way that's expected. So I think from parents' perspective, we have an opportunity to speak into our kids and encourage them. But if you didn't get that as a kid or if you're not doing that for your kids right now, it's never too late. And that's where you seek out other people. I think the best possible thing anybody could do is to find a coach, to find Mm. somebody that will see greatness in them. Sometimes somebody has to see that in us long before we see it in ourselves. I know for me that's been the case. It's why I always surround myself with – coaches and encouraging people because sometimes we get in our head and we don't see all these awesome things. So if you didn't hear it as a kid, find somebody who can see it in you now. It's never too late. But somebody might need to speak into you before you take action.
1: Uh, you know, I really like that Michelle. T- you talking about a coach. I mean, you know, you you pay a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh they're they're being paid to find what you have to offer, to find the the gold in you. Um, So I like that. And and from a mentoring standpoint, which we're talking more and more about mentoring uh, to find somebody who will call you up to more because so many people don't have somebody that does that. I mean, one piece of this too, you know, when we have that, uh, the Jeff cited, if you're going to do something, do it right now, I I had that from parents. I didn't always appreciate it, but it was done (laughs) in a way where they expected more from me in a good way. Now I I have somebody close to me who grew up with a father specifically where nothing was ever good enough. Mm. Nothing didn't matter how good they did it. Uh, he was going to point out the bad. That's not what we're talking about here. That was damaging. So again, don't get confused. And for those of you who are listening to this going, yeah, I got that. And it was crap. Well, okay. Granted it's the spirit of it for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll counter that with, with that, but Yeah, if you're going to do something, do it well as unto God. I love that perspective. Or as unto the person you're serving. And and so I did want to say, Michelle, for us to point out, if you've had any thoughts through this, you know, and if there's something that primarily motivates you. I, I know mine goes back up. I think it was the second one that we cited, which was accountability. And it's how others will perceive me and how I will have cared for them. That was my good and bad uh, crutch on, I want to be seen as somebody who cares well for others. And that really drove me to excellence. Now it was also on a self-serving side. That's the, the dark side of it is because I'm a people pleaser and I wanted others approval. So I'm doing it for that reason, not so much to care for them, but because I want their approval because I needed that because I wasn't getting it from where I should, which is my heavenly father. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a good and a bad, but I would have to say that's probably been a primary motivating factor to my own efforts to do more than the average.
2: You know, you and I are so much alike <laughs> when it comes to that. Same here. You know, I even think back to high school and early days. You know, I I was I had such a drive to to be involved and to be, you know, the best that I could in whatever I did. And I think part of it was, yes, I was my parents set up a high bar of excellence. But the other part was if I did these things then I was going to be seen in a better light and that would make other people happy. And definitely people pleaser A little more. I I, I think I'm recovering people pleaser because I'm realizing Mm -hmm. that we can't really we can't really serve others until we, you know, fully embrace the love that God has given us, love ourselves, then love others. But, um, but yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, here's regardless of all those reasons and categories we just went through. I think the important thing is figuring out what drives you, because it, we, we should be inspired to do better, to be more than average, to, to, to live a life full of excellence, because we all have an opportunity when we, when we live like that to impact other people. So if, if it's competition that motivates you, well, then <laughs> find a way to compete. If it's yeah. people pleasing, if it's um, you know, getting that encouragement. But the key is, is don't settle for less. We have an opportunity to be extraordinary. So don't settle for ordinary.
1: Yes, you know what, I, and I'll make a call out just on what you said there, Michelle. We did a t- an interview recently with uh, Tom Billu. He's the uh, was the founder, one of the founders of Quest, and now he has Impact Theory that's making making big waves. I just read an article from him. I think it was in the recent Success Magazine, and he just talks about mastery, how powerful it is to have mastery mm-hmm. in one area. As we we are in this culture, and really in an education system that focuses on being. On being average, on doing well, whatever area you're strong in, let's focus on the weak area and bring you up then, uh, there. But then we see in these people who have achieved great excellence, most of them have significant areas of deficit, but they have an area that they've really excelled with. And that's really what our marketplace applauds to, to a degree. Again, there's good and bad in that, but, uh, but being a master and how powerful that is in some area. And I find myself talking to my kids about that, but to what you said too, you know, what drives you, um, Let's end, if you've got any thoughts here, Michelle, on if you're hearing this and you don't know what drives you, you're not sure, you hear this, you you understand it, you're saying, I don't have a specific powerful motivator, here are some ideas to go into, but honestly, uh, I'm a big fan of what you said, Michelle, of get some help. Mm -hmm. If you've got somebody who's a wise, who's wise counsel that you can just talk with, great, go find them in your church, in your work, look at somebody who you uh, have some respect for or reverence for and, and try to get some uh, counsel from them, but it might be a good place to get coaching uh, counseling even, but, but coaching, you know, it's really is coaches tend to to focus more on where you want to go and try to find that motivating factor. Sometimes we need to get some help from somebody to help us find that thing that we're missing.
2: Absolutely. And you know, most of the time the reason we need somebody to for, for that is because we're not really clear on our purpose or we're not clear on our gifts or we're not clear on, you know, what do we bring to the table that's so unique? And one of the best questions you can ask the the five closest people the five people closest to you, maybe it's your mom, your spouse, your you know, best friend, whoever, ask them, "What qualities do they see in you?" to give you oh, three, I did this years ago. I did this back in about 2008. And I asked five of my best friends, my, well, my husband, my mom, what, some of my best friends, what do you see in me? And you know, it's amazing, Kevin. I still have that little, um, I, I took all the answers and I put it on a three by five card and it's in my Bible to remind oh, wow. myself of, of who I really am, whether I see it or not and whether I yeah. believe it or not. And that was a pivotal time in my life because when they spoke these words into me, I'm like, wow, you see me as, as that, I. I never knew that you saw me that way. And they're all beautiful things. It really motivated me to see myself for who I really was instead of who I thought I was, which wasn't necessarily true.
1: Okay. That's, yeah, that's a great thing to point out. It just happened to me recently, uh, Michelle, in a significant area where I was talking to my wife and just citing some things about myself. And I talked about myself being so impatient. And she says, honey, that's, you used to be, she says, you, you have, n- you have nine children and a grandson, you, <laughs> the stuff that you do. You're the one of the most patient people that I see. And I listened to her cite those things off. And I had to admit that goodness gracious. Yeah. I, I guess I, I am. Even though my own bar is mm-hmm. set high and my own thoughts, internal thoughts are impatient, highly impatient. And yet I'm obviously modifying and acting and i've i've grown a little bit yay uh in this so i love that to ask the people that you know whether yeah coworkers, family friends uh that 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 can pull out those things that you don't see that is great that's that's uh we're we're gonna land right there michelle thank you for that that was that was beautiful and, and brilliant Uh, Always a gift to do that. So yeah, this is like always. I I feel like I'm the I'm the most uh, benefited recipient of this stuff. Uh, The student. I'm gonna take this home to my family and see how I can encourage them to do well.
2: Uh, Same here. Thanks, Kevin.
1: Thank you. Well, friends, I'm betting that your desire to do a better job than average at anything just increased significantly. Thanks again to all who contributed. And if you'd like to join in the discussions that we have here every week, uh, go friend me on Facebook at Agent K, as in Kevin Miller. All right, if you received value here also, please give us a great review in iTunes that helps people find us, help uh helps our ratings go up, and just gives us some encouragement that we need as well. Well coming up in show five forty six. Well, it's going to be a mystery. We actually have a couple great shows lined up, but we're deciding on which one can drop on this next one uh, according to a book launch that's coming out, and we're still in the decision process. So uh, hopefully you'll trust us that it will just be great. Well, till then, thank you as always for joining me as we walk together, inspiring our true performance.